and we thank God that he's joined for it. There's something about God's presence that satisfies our soul and nothing else can. The miracles, the wonderful things can't satisfy our soul. They can encourage us and strengthen us, do all sorts of things. Only God himself can satisfy our soul. Just allow him to minister to your soul. This is all possible because of what Jesus has done. These verses were read out when Jesus cried out, It is finished, the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And Jesus says this in John 14, verse 19, talking to his disciples, A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I will love him and reveal myself to him. Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. He knows your name. He wants to reveal himself to you here this morning. Jesus is real. He's alive forevermore, and he wants to reveal himself to you. You could call this the secret place. You could call it behind the veil. You could call it meeting with God. You could call it encountering God. You could call it all sorts of things. way back in the garden Adam and Eve had fellowship with God and that fellowship was tangible and real and Jesus came as the second Adam and paid the price and redeemed and took back what the first Adam has lost so we too could have fellowship with God in the garden This is the Father's house. Father's in the house. Bill Johnson says we owe the world an encounter with God. But if we don't as Christians know how to encounter God, how can we lead anyone else into a God encounter? you can sit down now if you want I'm just going to speak a little bit then you may sing a little bit see the whole idea of these this is going to see us of life's issues it's real things so there's practical application to what the Bible teaches us because it's so easy for us to become religious we think I know that do you know is it real in your life that's the question we might know about the presence of God, but is that real in your life? Is it real in my life? Do I know how to enter his presence at any moment, at any time of any day? Do you? 
because we can do that because Jesus paid the price. We are a privileged people, brothers and sisters. We are a privileged people. I mean, if you remember back in the Old Testament, the high priest once a year went into the Holy of Holies and he took the sacrifice of the blood that was spread upon the mercy seat and he was allowed into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies but just in case he did something wrong there was a rope tied around him so if he blew it he could pull him back out. Once a year only the high priest could go into God's holy presence. Here is New Testament Christians We have access to God's presence 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's wonderful. We should appreciate that. This is the same God, the same God, the blood of Jesus made a way. In the Old Testament, the high priest went to the mercy seat. In the New Testament, we come to the throne of grace seat. Revelation speaks about a judgment seat. See, every single person will come before the judgment seat of God in that final day. And Jesus will sort out the sheep from the goats. Those that are saved, those that are Christians will stay with him. Those that are not, they will go into the pit of hell. It's a real place, I'm sorry. But you know what the worst thing about hell is going to be? Separation from God's presence for eternity. Separation from His presence. See, in the garden, Adam and Eve knew God's presence on a daily basis. When Adam and Eve were put out of the garden, they were separated from His presence. And that's one of the hardest things about hell, is separation from the presence of God. But as New Testament Christians... We have access to his wonderful presence any time of the day or night. The thing is, do we make use of what Jesus did for us on the cross? Remember that word Jill had today? All the benefits of the cross. Access to the presence of God is one of the benefits of the cross. What a wonderful benefit. What a wonderful benefit. I'm so great. I love God's presence. And I'm going to get you working a little bit more in a minute. But just a couple of things I want to say first. You know, I believe as we press on into the, into the last days, that God is going to return us to the first things. What's the first commandment? To love God with all our heart. The first commandment is to love God with all our heart. When Jesus is speaking to one of the churches in the book of Revelation, he says to them, I have this against you, you've left your first love. We need to return to our first love. And out of our first love, we will again do the first works. Can you remember what it was like when you were first saved? Can you remember? Just close your eyes and just picture that moment that when you first became a Christian, when you encountered Jesus 
and knew for the first time that he died on the cross for you. And when you invited him into your heart, he came into your life. Can you remember that moment? When you first knew his love for you and you first loved him. I know for me, I wanted to go and tell the world. I've discovered the secret of life and I wanted to tell the world. My first encounter with my first love. And he just, he wants our fellowship. He wants to spend time with us. Our first calling is to be with him. You remember in Mark 3, 14, Jesus calls his disciples to be with him then to preach the word, heal the sick, cast out the demon. But firstly, it's to be with him. It's so easy for us to bypass our first calling, which is to be with him and be about the works. You see, it's the first command, the great command, before the great commission. Our first love of Jesus. It's first his presence, then his power. It's so easy to get that one round the wrong way. We go after his power and we forget about his presence. But when we chase his presence, we very often end up with his power. It's all about his presence. You know the wonderful thing is this. God wants to be found. He wants to be found. I forget who it is that tells the story about the father playing hide and seek with his kids. And the father goes to hide and he's hiding behind a curtain. He has a curtain, but he makes sure his feet are stuck out at the bottom so his kids can find him. <laughs> father God's like that with us. He wants to be found. Yes. He's not hiding so we can't find him. He's hiding because he wants us to find him. Yes. And in Jeremiah 29 it says this, that we will find him when we seek him with a whole heart. You will find him. You will find him. Not you maybe. You will find him when you seek him with your whole heart. When you seek him for himself, you will find him. Because he wants to be found. Stand and worship again a minute, please. Holy Spirit, just keep giving us encounters with you this morning in Jesus' name.
Just ask you to put your hands out again. See, my job today is to lead you into the encounter. Just see, just Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me again now, please. Enjoy His presence. Let Him be real to you. He knows how to love you. He knows what you need. He knows what you need to hear. He knows every hair upon your head. I 
just see God dropping like blankets over people, like love blankets. There's love blankets just been dropped upon people. Just let that love blanket come upon you. feel brave, you could say more, Lord. sit down a bit if you like just some very practical things here some practical helps so that you can have your own encounters on your own 
Well, obviously, first of all, you need to be convinced it's biblical. That God wants to meet with you. Actually, more than you want to meet with him. God longs for a fellowship. He created us for fellowship with him. See, God didn't have to create many women. He didn't need to create many women. He wanted to create many women. Different thing altogether. Someone to share his life with. God wants to share his life with you and wants you to share his life with him. Isn't that good? And you can trust him. He'll never do you down. You can trust him. Then the next thing is this. You need to be convinced this is for you. See, it's so easy to come to the church and hear this, quote, good word, and we all think, by that was a real good word for such and such. <laughs> or the person next to me, or the person behind me. No, this is the word for you. Are you convinced this is for you? Am I convinced this is for me? We need to be convinced. Then you need to take time to be with him. Sort out a regular time each day. Do it. Take it. Don't think, well, I'll get around to it this week sometime. No, take it. You've got to take time. Most people I know live busy lives. If you don't take time and make it a priority, you'll never find time. See, whether we want to agree with this or not, the truth is, each of us will find the time to do the things we really want to do. So if you really want to find, if you really want to spend time with God, you will find time to do it, and so will I. Because I will find time to do the things I want to do. I know the things I don't want to do, and they're stacking up behind me because I don't want to do them. But the things I want to do, I get them done. Take time. It's only the rest of your life that's at stake. It's not as if it's important, is it? <laughs> Tell God you're seeking Him. God, I'm after you. I'm after you with my whole heart. God, would you give me grace to seek you? Would you give me grace to find you? Would you help, to fi- help me to find you? Would you begin to reveal yourself to me in different ways? God, I want you. And if you're a non-Christian here today, an unbeliever, even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if out of an honest heart you say, God, help me find Jesus if he's real, you'll find him. All that God asks is an honest heart. Be honest with God, you'll find him. Tell God you're seeking him because you want him. You know, sometimes we just need to be quiet and still. It's very, very different, uh, very, very difficult even for a devout atheist to lie in a dark room and deny the existence of God. When you're in a dark room all by yourself, it's difficult to deny the existence of God. There's something about stillness. Just you and stillness, there's something about it. And sometimes God loves to reveal himself in this stillness.
and make himself known. So we could be quiet, we could be still, we could be noisy, we could be out in creation. We can find God all over the place because he's everywhere. But the main thing is we find him. Something else we can do, we can use our sanctified imagination. Imagine things. See, if you're a Christian, you now have a sanctified imagination. And you can imagine things in your mind, godly things in your mind, and in your mind you can have a, a picture of Jesus or, or a picture of God, the throne of God. You, you can have a picture of things that you find in the Bible using your sanctified imagination. Sometimes that helps us to connect with God. Sanctified imagination. It says this, interesting in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Some wise man said that we're all as near to God as we want to be. How near to God do you want to be? How near to God do I want to be? Because we're all as near to God as we want to be. James says, draw near to God. In other words, you draw near to God and God will draw near to you. You make the steps. You head towards him and you'll discover God is running towards you. Just like the story of the prodigal son. There was the son, all messed up, coming home. There's his father watching. The son started to come back to the father. There was the father watching and he ran towards him with his arms outstretched and hugged him. And the son was dirty, smelly, and in a mess. Yet the father hugged him and kissed him and gave him a robe and sandals and a ring. Draw near to God. Our responsibility. We need to do something about it. Consciously enter his presence. We've been doing that this morning to a measure, haven't we? Consciously entering his presence. And I said to God, God, do I have to demonstrate something here? And I thought, mm, okay. You see, you can consciously enter his presence and the way that, you know, I've shared with the church for years, you can imagine the veil is gone. There is now, here is God in his holy of holies. And it's like you can take a step into his presence. You don't have to take a step. All you're doing is you're becoming conscious of the spirit realm, okay? That's all you're doing. You can do it anywhere. You can do it at home. Don't, please don't do it in the car. You can do it at home, at what, wherever. You can consciously enter God's presence, okay? You can do this. I'll just show you. So I'm just imagining, here's the veil, it's torn into, here I am, I'm just going to consciously enter God's presence. I can step back out. I can step into his presence, step out of his presence. I don't have to do that, actually. I can just consciously enter his presence. You can do that. You become conscious of the spirit realm and you're into the presence of God because Jesus paid the price. 
See, brothers and sisters, we need to recognize what Jesus bought for us on the cross. And the presence of God is available. presence sometimes we just need to say Lord would you minister to me you know sometimes you're so busy in life you're worn out sometimes we need to get to the end of ourselves before we actually ask God to minister to us we're so busy ministering to other people that what we need to do sometimes is sit down and say God I can't go another step would you just please minister to me and just lie back and enjoy it God is good at what he does. He knows how to refresh us. He knows how to heal and restore our souls. He knows how to heal our bodies. He knows how to give us hope and encouragement once more. He's the greatest minister upon planet Earth because he's God himself. Just ask God to minister to you. Very practical, this. But you see, if we don't know this kind of stuff, we're not going to get far in the Christian life without getting burnt out. We'll get caught up in activity and we'll forget all about him. Well, actually, it's all about him. It's not about us, it's about him. Why were we created? God and enjoy him forever. The great commandment, which is loving him, must come before the great commission, which is going with the gospel. But when we love him and allow him to love us, we find it much easier to go because the love of Christ compels us. Remember the Apostle Paul. He was talking about Jesus. And he spoke about knowing him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. First of all, it was about knowing him. And when we're talking about knowing God, we're talking about knowing God in our personal experience, not just knowing about him up here. Knowing him in our experience. We're going to give you another opportunity now. We've got a CD. We're going to pray and we just want to encourage you. Just sit back, relax, enjoy the music and just ask God to minister to you where you are today. Is that okay? It's what they call soaking. You may never have heard of it. Just relax and just say, Holy Spirit, would you minister to me please now? In Jesus' name. Please close your eyes. Don't look around you. This is personal. This is personal.
been waking up now. Fell asleep, that's okay. It's okay to sleep in God's presence. It doesn't fuss God. Instead of soaking, they call that sloking. Fine. Father, how would you end it? <laughs> Can we just stand and hold hands, please? Father, would you help each and every one of us become a people of your presence? It's all about your presence, Lord. That's why you created us, to spend time with you. Everything comes out of that. Father, forgive us the times that we've neglected to spend time in your presence, to take time in your presence. God, I ask for fresh grace for all of us from this day forward, that we would take time to be in your presence, and that we would encourage one another on the journey. God, we love your presence, and nothing else would satisfy our soul. And we thank you this is possible, Father, because Jesus paid the price. It's all because of what Jesus has done. We honor you and thank you, Lord Jesus. And Father, we thank you for so loving the world that you gave us Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, you're the presence of God on earth. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We bless what you're doing. We thank you for the measure of your corporate presence amongst us. We bless it that it may increase. But please, at an individual level, take us deeper into you. Help us to run after you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Bless you.